It looks like we will not see a nationwide railroad strike. Yesterday afternoon, the Senate voted on a bill to force the end of the stalemate between workers and railroad companies. This bill will impose an agreement between the railroad companies and freight rail unions over pay, sick leave and pay time off. And the agreement that the Senate passed is the same one that was originally proposed and failed to move forward in September. Despite objections from the rail worker unions, the agreement is now headed to the president's desk for final approval before being imposed on all 12 railroad unions. Now, to make sense of this, I, I want to talk to Kurt Mullins, who is the vice president Midwest of the Brotherhood of Railroad Signalmen, which is one of the four railroad unions that rejected the tentative agreement in September. Hi, Kurt. Welcome to Reset. Hi, thanks for having me. So how are things for you and for your, your fellow union leaders today? Uh, it's kind of chaotic. Um, you know, we have uh, some of the, our members are okay with the agreement, and we have uh, many that are upset that uh, they can get the paid sick leave. Yeah, I, I imagine. Was this the outcome that you were expecting, though? I mean, I, I know it's not the one that you wanted. Yeah, I mean, it was probably what we was expecting. Um, hearing that we couldn't get the uh, get the sixty vote threshold on the paid sick leave, so it was kind of what we was expecting to come out of uh, the Senate yesterday. Yeah, well, you know, this agreement, as I mentioned, it was originally proposed back in September, before out of the twelve unions rejected it. Yours was one of them. Why is that? Ours rejected it on the basis that um, there, there was no paid sick leave uh, even offered and that um, they they considered that they worked through the pandemic and they were uh, considered essential employees. Um, hence, uh, federal contractors also with the government and that they was not compensated either with sick days or uh, more of a pay increase um, with the inflation rate is. Uh, so they basically on those three points, they decided to um, reject it. What does this mean for the railroad workers that are, are working today or tomorrow or even next week? Well, that's that's the big question is um, they're going to have to make a decision if they're going to even stick with the railroads. I mean, they'll get their back pay um, within 60 days after this is uh, signed on. Um, and then, um, you know, there will, there will be decisions made. We've heard rumors across the board that we might have a mass exodus of people that once they get their back pay, they're going to, you know, leave the industry um, just because of, um, you know, the way that they've been treated in, um, in the last uh, few years. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us more about what you're hearing from, from workers. How are they reacting to all of this? Uh, most workers are um, extremely upset that uh, Congress even took the stance of having to decide our agreement. They would have preferred that they let us uh, settle it on our own, let us go on strike, and let us force the uh, NCCC and the carriers back to the table would have been their hope, but we was unable to do that. The Congress felt that the need was uh, more important to make sure that the economy kept running um, and that we, uh, we kept working during this time. And they figured that them imposing agreement would end this stalemate that was going on. Are you going to keep pushing for more personal days? Uh, we are going to continue to um, talk to administration about paid sick leave. Uh, there was a uh, executive order by Obama that actually excluded uh, railroad workers from sick days when he was in office. Uh, they, we are um, 
looking at to see if there's anything we can do legislative-wise to get uh, sick days. So after this Senate decision, Kurt, what's left for the unions? Do, do you have options left? We really don't have no options left. Once um, the president fi- signs it, um, it basically goes into laws like legislation, and then the, each uh, organization that had not settled uh, will get what they had sent out in their original uh, tentative agreement. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, how bad a nationwide strike would have actually been for the economy and for commuters. But let's face it, strikes are actually meant to be disruptive, right? That's their power. So what do you want people to know about union members, you know, just being willing to strike? I think that... um we should get the right as everybody else does, uh, whether you work at Caterpillar or um, uh, an automotive company, you have the ability to strike. It takes a lot of power out of the union's hands when Congress can intervene and put us back to work um, for sake of the economy. Um, I think people would understand, um, especially these days and time, is that uh, especially working through the pandemic and the, the sacrifices these people went through and the chances they took uh, during that time was that they deserved um, pay when they had to go home. And and in many cases, they did not. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the public understands that. But if it was more put out there about what the railroad workers went through that were required to come in every day, they didn't have the opportunity to work from home, um, that when they had to, if they had close contact or if they caught COVID, they would have to um, uh, basically mark off for the day without pay. So with all that, I think the public would understand why um, we did have to strike and, you know, shut the country down for a day or so or two days. Mm -hmm. Um, But, um, you know, that opportunity never um, seemed like it was going to be realistic. That is Kurt Mullins, the vice president of the Midwest Brotherhood of Railroad Signalmen. Thank you so much, Kurt. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let's turn now to another voice for the conversation. Uh, To put this all into context for us, we're joined now by Jimena Bustillo, a politics reporter for NPR's Washington desk. Hi, Jimena. Hey there. So talk to us. Tell us more about what this tentative agreement even covers. Yeah, so the tentative agreement has two really big components that people have been touting. The first, uh, as you mentioned, is there is a back pay, and that is because it provides 24% increase in wages over the course of five years. And since this contract is late, it's been uh, about four years in the making, that is where you're seeing that that back pay come into effect. Um, There's also a a small retention bonus as well uh, that railroad managers have been touting as one of the reasons why this is a good deal for workers, uh, despite not having, um, you know, any sort of sick leave, they only get one personal day in this contract is is kind of another thing. Mm. Um, There's also some health benefits, some caps on premiums um, that they say are also an attempt to make up for the lack of sick leave. Mm -hmm. So the conditions that they originally rejected, they're now being imposed on them a little less than three months later. So did any part mm-hmm. of the original agreement change over that time, or is this the same one from September? 
It is the same one from September. And so just to kind of put the process into context, back in September, members of the Biden administration, union leaders and management representatives came together with this tentative agreement. But the union members, the workers themselves, still have to vote on it. And so that's what has been happening over the course of three months. And so there's 12 unions. So a lot a lot of votes needed to be cast over the course of three months. Yeah. And help us understand what happened at the Senate yesterday. What were Democrats and Republicans fighting for? Yeah, so there were two things basically on the table, um, two tracks. So the first is to just pass the tentative agreement, force the contract on workers as is. And the second is to attach uh, seven days of paid sick leave to that tentative agreement. There was sort of a third option floated around for a split second, which was to just extend the cooling off period and give workers and managers more time to negotiate. But even members of the Biden administration were saying that that that's not going to happen, that they're basically at a stalemate. So that one didn't really get a lot of traction. Now, Democrats and Republicans were on both sides of both issues, which was very fascinating. Uh, Both were apprehensive to apply the contract as is and force workers who have rejected this to accept this. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, they didn't want, some of them didn't want to set the precedent of intervening in these negotiations and having the power of just changing what had been negotiated. And they said that Biden should have negotiated a better contract to begin with. Yeah. And you heard our conversation there with Kurt just talking about his union. But Mm -hmm. tell us how much of a toll, Jimena, this would have taken on the country, a strike. Yeah. So the reason that the government, the president, Congress can even get involved to begin with is because railroads are deemed critical infrastructure. And so the railway labor Act allows the government to step in in these kinds of labor disputes, which they usually don't do, right, in most other kinds of contract negotiations. And so if railways go down because they are critical infrastructure, I mean, that would be an absolute blow to the economy. Mm -hmm. So railways carry up to 40% of all goods, and that's not counting commuter rails that people take to work or people um, take for travel. Um, And even though that 40% might sound low to some people, it's up to 80 or 90% of things like ethanol, which you need to make gasoline, or uh, fertilizer, ammonia, um, which you need for crops. Um, And so that creates a major trickle effect on a supply chain that's frankly still recovering from the pandemic. And so even just one or two days really could create big ripple effects. And so managers were already preparing to slow down, you know, some of their cargo, some of their freights this weekend uh, in anticipation of a strike because you can't have ammonia or critical substances just standing in the middle of of the railway. So, yeah, that was going to start earlier. Interesting. So, What happens next week on December 9th, which is the deadline to reach an agreement? I know the unions aren't legally allowed to strike anymore, but they could do something that's called a wildcat strike. Can you explain that, too? Uh, Sort of. So a wildcat strike happens when uh, workers strike without the authorization of the union leaders. So it's completely going rogue. Uh, Theoretically, that could happen, but uh, it's not only already kind of unlikely that that happens, but it is actually illegal for these workers to to go on strike. Um, so it would be against the law. And many of the unions have said that they don't condone uh, any sort of illegal 
political labor action um, such as the strike. So theoretically, sure, could some workers strike or stop coming to work or picket? Sure. But it would it would be illegal for them to do that. So what do you think? Do you think it's possible to see the, the wildcat strike happen? I, so I don't necessarily think so. I, you know, I think that workers are, you know, as we heard Kurt say, very disappointed um, and heartbroken, frankly, because they believed in Biden as this pro-labor president. You know, he really, really touts that um, to broker a really good deal for them. And, you know, that is leaving them in a position where they might just change jobs altogether. Um, so I don't necessarily see signs of a strike happening next week. It would be illegal for workers to do so. But I mean, we're going to have to see the political fallout of this. Biden does credit unions with helping him win the 2020 election. And now he has very publicly, you know, created this sense of, well, maybe he didn't get the best deal for workers. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the administration will tell you that Biden crafted a deal that no one else could. He was able to come to a tentative agreement after multiple years of negotiate after negotiations between unions and managers were not working out. So it it just kind of depends on how you're looking at it. Interesting. Well, thank you for that update. That's NPR politics reporter Jimena Bustillo. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me.